What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. We'll see. My brother, my fam. Hey, I'm glad you're here, man. Welcome to the platform. It's my honor. My appreciate you bringing me on. Let's get it. Nah, man. I think um, I think you got an amazing story, amazing journey that I think a lot of people need to hear, and people just need to, you know, what I'm saying, know more about who you are. Cause you, you reserved. You know, what I'm saying, you laid back, and the people don't talk to you, and they really won't know who you are. You know, what True. I'm saying, True. True. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but Will, Will is funny. You know, what I'm saying, <laughs> intelligent. You know, he he still think he can take me in, in basketball, but I don't, that's, that's yet to be seen. But uh, but now, man, um, Nashville native. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's jump straight into it, man. Just tell tell the folks a little bit about you, um, where you grew up, how you grew up a little bit, and then we'll dissect some things and go from there. All right. Uh, born and raised in Nashville, as you said. Born in Edgehill, raised in Edgehill to about eight. And... Uh, just bounced around. I lived all over our south, been all over our south. Uh, out east, set of court ones up and all that. Used to be in the projects out there. And uh, ended up out west, where they really just turned to my stomping grounds. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, he's really from out west. Nah, nah, I'm a south side baby now. I'm a <laughs> south side baby. It's just, but it's not where you're from, it's where you're at at the time. Right. So that's how it go. But, um, you know, we bounced around a lot. Went to uh, several schools all over the city. Um, Pops, you know, he was doing his thing, getting out. So, trying to stay uh, uh, two steps ahead of everybody. Right. Well, let's let's move around a little bit, throw people off, and that allowed me the opportunity to meet different people on different sides of town. Right. See how everybody get down, so to speak, and to be you know a little known. Throughout the city, right, right, man. So growing up in Nashville, man, what was some of like some of the the best things about growing up and and what you just as an adolescent as a kid? Nashville has changed since you know what I'm saying. We got older, but man, what was what was some of these things that you enjoyed about growing up, man? Man, just uh, didn't have no worries. Yeah. Only thing I had to worry about was getting in trouble, you know, getting the whooping, <laughs> and you know, keeping the grades up, little chores, but that. I mean, free will, you know, so to speak. And of course, like you said, for us, right, we was out and about. Right. We, yeah, we had games, but just as much as we on the game, even more so we outside. Right. You know, flipping off cars, going to the basketball courts, football in the streets, right. uh, kickball, you right. know, did all this coming up. So it was more of a, kind of a, a community aspect because all the kids was around. Right. You know, it didn't matter. Everybody was outside getting right. along, playing. So. We didn't have phones. And social nah. media, and even like gaming, right? We couldn't, you know what I'm saying? Like we couldn't, I couldn't talk to you, like you know what I'm saying, with the Wi-Fi and the like talking to people online. That came way after, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like after us, as far as like when we was in our preteen teenagers, like right. you know. And then if even if you had it, even if it was available, like our folks really couldn't afford it. True. In the sense, or wasn't finna pay for it. For you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we got real things to worry about. You wanna, <laughs> you wanna talk on a game with somebody you don't know? Right. No, I got a phone <laughs> bill real. that I need to pay for. <laughs> right. That we need to talk to people. 
Nah. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Man, um, growing up, man, here in Nashville, out west, man, what was that experience like? Man, uh, it was it was different. Cause of course, you know, anytime you move to a new area, mm-hmm. you gotta make new friends, right. gotta see what the culture is, so to speak, over there. So right. you know, I'm coming around them and they looking at me like, who was you? <laughs> you out of bounds. You talking about you from such, such, such. No, you out west now. Right. You know, so had to go through that. Then on the other end, we lived in the nations. Mm-hmm. And for people that don't know what the nations is, is uh streets that are named after the states of right. the United States. So uh, basically the uh, white folks part, right. layman's terms, and everybody else that was really black was on 40th and all that stuff. So we wasn't really in the hood with them, right. but went to school with them. Right. So it was, it was definitely different, but it, it, was, it was cool. Ran into a few problems, you know, a few scuffles over the years, you know, right. that's part of it. Right. But uh, that's why I really become got to become my own. Right, right. And so, man, I want to... Um we met at Pearl. Mm-hmm. You know, we met at Pearl and everything. And for people that know Pearl, Pearl is Pearl is pretty wild. Yeah. And you got, <laughs> and you got, um, got people from our west, primarily our west and our north. Right. Right. Um, coming together to school or whatever, and most most of us are coming from the same social economic kind of background, or whatever. Right. Um, and it was wild. It was fights, it was gangs, it was yeah. everything that, you know what I'm saying, that it could be, you know what I'm saying, that it could be. Man, um, being from out west, man, growing up out west and being new to the area, how did you kind of navigate that space, especially in school where, you know, people been growing up and going to the same middle schools and, mm-hmm. and stuff, elementaries together and stuff like that, man. Well, you know, I'm a uh, introvert. Right. You know, shy, uh, reserved, as you were saying. But I do have people that gravitate towards me. Right. I don't know, just something about, you know, me as far as that. But I stayed to myself, but I was able to make friends, make friends easily. I tell people that I'm a people person, but not a people person. <laughs> right. Because we can conversate and talk, and I'll be engaged. But when it comes down to, oh, let me get your number, and we should hang up. Yeah, but no. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> right. Um, so it, it definitely was a, a different feel to everything. Right. Because I was out there for years, and it wasn't me just right. bouncing around like I was used to. Right. Like, we was out west for a while, like, right. from... 13 all the way up to 19. Right. So I had to see, you know, get accustomed to how they do things and what's mm-hmm. going on, and as well as when they respect. Right. Because, of course, you're not from around there, you're going to get tried. Right. You know, people going to try their best to uh, provoke you in certain ways. Right. To see what you're about. And I feel like I won. Right. Honestly. You know, right. tried and tested and proved. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're going to leave it right there. <laughs> leave it right there. So, um, and so, man, um, I want to dig in really to the meat of your story right here. Um, when I went to MTSU after we graduated and stuff, I went to MTSU, you you went to the penitentiary, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
can you walk us through that, man? Um, what kind of led to you being in that position? And I want to preface this by it, but I want to preface this to everybody who's listening. Now, I, I joke, I really, I, I mean it a little bit when I say, you know what I'm saying, I don't think Will could take me in basketball. <laughs> I'm saying, but Will, but, but, I, but I will say this, though, I will say this. Will should be in the NBA right now. I appreciate that. Nah, like, it, like if you know basketball, if you ever seen Will play, like, he, he's special. He different. But, you know what I'm saying, that didn't happen. Right. Right, unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, um, Man, take us through kind of how did you find yourself in a position, you know what I'm saying, where you had to serve, you know what I'm saying, your first stint, right? right. You had to serve uh, four years, you know what I'm saying, in the penitentiary. Um, take us through, take us, through. this is what happened, man. Man, um, like I said, you know, my pops was a street dude. Right. So even though he meant well, he taught us, the proper etiquettes to move in the streets. Right. So, yeah, I knew how to sell dope, knew all about guns and all this stuff. A lot of people didn't know because of my character and how I carried myself in school. Right. But would become a whole different guy outside of school. Right. You know, just survival instincts and that nature. Um, so, sophomore year, y'all didn't know it to the last minute, but I had a baby coming. Uh, you know, so... Yeah. That was the start of it. Not my my son was a blessing. He was he was beautiful. I was overjoyed. But at the same time, a kid trying to raise a kid—that's one of the most difficult circumstances you can be put in. Right. Even though yes, I had family support, still like the baby mama, baby daddy drama. Right. Um, just going back and forth, trying to make sure I'm the the breadwinner in the forefront in his life. Right. Because I was raised, you laid down, made it, you need to take care of it. Right. And I've never been one to, oh, man, you know, mom's dad, you know, I ain't got this, but he need this. Can you? No, nah, I always wanted to find my own way. Mm-hmm. So with this thinking of wanting to be a man and make sure to be the man that my father, my son need. Right. Uh, I mean, I just really got the thugging. And, yeah, I went to school, kept my grades up, played ball, uh, did what I was supposed to do. But outside of that, you know, I had a job at the same time. Whatever I can do to make ends meet, I did. Right. Uh, ultimately, after graduation, uh, wind up getting in, into fits at the last minute. But then stick with it. My head wasn't really there. My head was more awesome. I need money now. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah. You got the fist. Man, got the fist, man. Got the fist. Uh, shout out to Tory. He hit me like, look, you need to come on up here. You're going to make the team. You're going to be starting. You can do it. Let's go. Man, I didn't know that. Damn. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I went there about three weeks. I'm talking <laughs> about doing the paperwork, going right. to classes. But like I said, my mind, like, man, I need some money. Right. This this ain't going to cut it. I ain't going to tell them how long this process is going to take. I need something now. And uh, wind up catching my robber charge, which led me to the penitentiary. Uh, you know, it just threw me, uh, it took me on another course. So, because there's a, a lot of people that's listening and watching and maybe had the same experience or maybe thinking about doing something, just doing a robbery. 
right? Doing it right, right now. And um, most people tend to, you know what I'm saying, want to do robberies with people they feel like they're friends, that they know, or what have you. Think, like, I won't get caught. So, man, what was going through your mindset, like, when you decided, like, hey, this was, this was what I got to go through. This is what I'm doing. Um, did you feel like you was going to get caught? Did you feel like, you know what I'm saying, like, it was going to be easy? Um, was it more like, hey, ah, shit, I ain't done this shit before, so <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me ride this out because I need this money. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm a little slicker than most. Right. Bam, got cracked in the head for thinking <laughs> I'm slicker than most. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking I'm around side of the guys, like, man, I know these, these, these cats, we done been to school, right. we the same thing, same affiliation, like, we good. And then, you know, everybody talk that gangster. Right. Ah, yeah, you know, I done did this, I done did I'm been a part of this. So me and my adolescent thinking, honestly, well, he said he done did it. Right. You know, he, he got a gun. Right. Yeah, yeah, he probably with it, so, yeah, let's go ahead and try it. So when the tables turned, it was a shock to the whole system. Right. Like, oh, my goodness, this man just told on me he supposed to be a gangster. Right. Mm. You feel me? So, you know, of course, we going in together, Right. We thinking that we all gonna come out together, regardless of how it is. If we gotta take time, we all gonna man up, and this is what it is. But everybody don't think the same. Everybody right. don't think that. You right. know, some people just can't face uh, prison, jail, whatever it be. They don't want to leave them streets. Mm-hmm. So before I sit here and uh, go there, I rest and tell them you did it, or you the reason for it. whatever I gotta say. Right. I lie on my mama. Right. To get out of this situation, <laughs> right, and that's what happened to us. Yeah, so, looking back on it, like now in hindsight, because this is a big thing right now, like telling, mm-hmm. snitching. Um, looking, looking, looking back on it now, being older, mature, being free, right? Um, do you blame the guy? that told on y'all or do you see it as like man i really knew deep inside that he wasn't really built for this and it's my it's really my fault for even getting involved with him definitely definitely second because like you said uh, seen it right heard about a couple situations i knew you in school you never was this type of guy you're trying to portray yourself to be now but like i said man my adolescent thinking Right. Uh, maybe it done changed and, and, you know, grew a pair. Right. So, you know, we can do this with them. But, I mean, I don't blame them because at the end of the day, try to make you to be something that you're not, uh, put you in a situation that you're not able to uh, stand up to. So, yeah, at first, you know, man, oh, yeah, he a rat. Right. He need this to happen to him, that to happen to him. Right. But when you sit down and think about it, I knew better. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Why would I even? That's my fault. So you know, shame on me. You know, right. next one gonna you know shame on you because I mean it is what it is. Right, man. What um, what advice would you give people, especially youth, that might be listening to this, that may still be thinking like, hey, we ain't gonna get caught. My homies, you know what I'm saying. My 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 schoolmates, my peers won't tell on me. Man, what advice would you give to them being gone through that? Uh, first and foremost, everybody get caught. 
If you out there doing whatever you do, stealing, robbing, shooting, whatever it is, everybody eventually get caught the more you saying do. It's just the name of the game. Uh, secondly, just because a person say something or even undone something don't mean that's truly who they are. Mm. I mean, it's just something plain. People consider a person that shot somebody by accident as a killer. Right. That's not the case. Yeah, he killed someone. Right. But did he have the intent? Mm. No, nah, he might have just been shooting at somebody, really the hope to scare him, done hit and kill somebody. That right. don't mean that he's a bona fide. So don't consider, oh, man, he done did it once. That's what makes him that. No, absolutely not. Um, thirdly, everybody not solid. Everybody not solid, man. The same people that's, oh, yeah, man, I got your back 100%. Right. No matter what, I would never, never, never. The same person say never be the first person to say and do what they say they want to go do. Right. That's something I definitely learned firsthand. You in prison, take your, you know what I'm saying, you got to take your charge, you know. Um. What is your mind thinking going into that situation? Like, damn, okay, shit, I'm 19, 18, 19 years old. I got to go in here with other grown men. Um, did you feel prepared? Did you, what was your, what was your mental like going in? I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> that was probably, if not the, but one of the scariest times of my life. You know, we all done heard kind of, you know, the crazy prison stories. Right. And for y'all out there, yes, a lot of prison stories are true and still hold true to this day. Um, but I'm going in, still a kid in some respects, going in with grown men that's been down for years on years. Mm -hmm. uh, a whole another situation. A lot of the freedoms that we take for granted is literally stripped. Right. And to be degraded, you know, having to use the bathroom in front of another man. Right. To have to uh, take your clothes off in front of another man. Whenever these folks look, you need to uh, strip, search, all this. I mean, you got to do it. You got to comply. There's no such thing as no. Right. So it was a very scary situation. And it did take some adjusting to uh, get accommodated with what was going on. But the crazy part about it, and it sounds crazy, but we, we conditioned for it. Cause I mean, I took to it pretty well. Like I didn't have a lot of bad things happen to me while I was in prison. Right. I didn't get bullied. I didn't get assaulted. I didn't get stabbed. None of that stuff. I was doing those things to people, mm. which is you know sound messed up, but that's the belly of the beast when you in the beast. Right. So um, I mean, I, I got used to it, but I never you know left the idea and the goal of freedom. How did that experience change you, man? Because when people, I'm like people that don't know you, would say, "Man, Will, I could never imagine him having to turn into that mold." You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where you have to, you know what I'm saying? Become a beast. You have to carry around. You got to put in work. Uh, in that type of system, man, was where you. How did you think about yourself going through mm -hmm. those? You know that 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 initial. You know what I'm saying? Four years, man. Man, uh, definitely changed my thinking, my view on life as a whole. Mm -hmm. I became 
more, I became cynical of the world. Mm. And with that, I'm saying like everybody's off of self. Right. It's self-preservation to the fullest. And trust is literally like a couple of centimeters with anybody. Right. Because uh, same people that, you know, was, oh, yeah, will this, will that. Now they, man, forget dude. How he should be locked up. He should be doing this. And this going to happen to him right now. This going to happen to him now. So I'm like, you know, I'm hearing the whispers. People that I thought was friends. Right. Family even. So I'm like, this is what really goes on. This is how it really goes. And uh, the things I had done while I was in there, no, nah, I'm not proud of it. I had never been one of those guys that glorified prison life. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I mean, I did what I had to do to survive. But I'm not one to boast and brag, oh, yeah, man, I had to whoop through through and did that, and I'm happy about it. No. You no. see a lot of that. Yes. You hear a lot of that. Yes. In our culture, specifically, you know, black community. Man, what what, what are your thoughts on that, man? Because you got people saying, hey, I'm, I was doing this, whoop through whoop in prison, I was doing that. I was this type of guy in prison. They ain't talking about don't go. You don't right. ever have to do it. They saying they, they glorifying what they had to do. Man, like... What's your thoughts on that person that hasn't experienced it, you know, in, in, intensely? Man, you send the wrong message first and foremost. Like, we want people to get out of prison. Mm -hmm. We want prison reform. We want better laws. And the laws that's existing, we want them gone. We want them eradicated because they are talking towards us. Right. So why would you be glorifying the acts that you had to do to survive? Right. What if people, man... Because unless you're in there, you don't know. Mm -hmm. What are people like yourself when you was in that in that in that particular position? How y'all feeling at the moment when y'all hearing this glorification, whether it's through music or whether it's on social media, and y'all are living an experience, and y'all got somebody else that's not in there at the time mm -hmm. talking about it like it's it's like it's like it's Disneyland. Yeah, like he couldn't have been in prison for real, or he might have been at a low medium camp or. Uh, at next, he couldn't have been around the real gangsters, the real monsters that's in there because they really do exist. Like, this ain't nothing that you brag on. Right. I know people that died in there. I know people that lost body parts in there because of wars. I know people that was raped, you know, things of this nature. Like, and you, some things you cannot do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. It's the situations I've been put in, like, I got to literally attack a guy that I'm cool with. No beef whatsoever because of our affiliations and what's pending because of that. This guy get taken care of. Right. Don't care about this being your friend, your brother, your cousin. He's not one of us. Either with me and our team or you with them. Mm. So it, it, it's a it, it's different. Like man, y'all glorifying this. Like how can you glorify? You must not have been through nothing in there. Right. You couldn't have been in no wars. You couldn't have your life on the line. You couldn't have your back against the wall, and things could have really turned turned ugly, turned right. deadly. Right. So you in there for four years, man. What is the one of the biggest things that you that you missing mm. while you in there? I always been real big on family. Like, yeah, of course, women, but the biggest thing was family. Um, while I was gone. During the jail time for prison, my youngest son was born. Get out and literally 
he's like four months on, old, and I only spent two months with him before I had to go back to prison. So now I'm gone for all this time. He wasn't even walking, talking. Right. So now he's running around, independent. Like I missed a lot of time, you know, some crucial years in his life. How did that make you feel as a man, as a black man? I mean, it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it hurts because I, don't, I can't speak on everybody else, but me as a father, right. I literally live for that. I love it. So me missing out on the first of everything he was doing to actually raise him, I got a chance to do that with my oldest. Right. I didn't with him. Right. So I felt like I set him at a disadvantage out the gate. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, how, how does he think of me? Like, does right. he think of me? Right. You know, I'm going through drama, you know, with the mama already. I'm far away, we barely, you know, talking. Like, do we even know that I'm his father? Like, how right. this dynamic is going to be once I actually be in his presence? Right. That, that's the most pain that I done felt. Damn. Now, you know what I'm saying? I got a son, you know, Jameson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, and, I, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, I don't know what I would do if like if, like just right now if I was like taken away whether you know what I'm saying whether it's on my own like cause whatever just removed from his life and I gotta be and I know he there and he exists but I gotta I can't see him for four or five years it's something different just imagine that okay well if another man is raising him well if he looking at him as a father or thinking that <sighs> that's, that's pain on another level for guys that really want to be fathers, that love their children, right. and want them to know, like, it's it's, it's us. Man, it's, just, it, it, it's like sadness and anger. You know what I'm saying? You come home. What year? What year you come home? 2012. You come home 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you look. So this is, so, because J.E. came home. Mm-hmm. Because J.E. came home right before I graduated, like MTSU. So it was like. 2011. Yeah, 2011. Like, 20, yeah, 2011. Going into 2012, I think. Because mm-hmm. I graduated in May. You came home in November, mm-hmm. 2012. What is life like, man? Man, of course, it, it's great because, like, yeah, it's like I'm really free. I'm be, I'm finna be able to send and do things that I wanted to do. Right. And you know, have my, my, my total freedom. Right. But that's a facade. Because, you know, we when you get out of prison, get out of jail doing any kind of time, you riding on the high. You riding on that freedom high, like, yes, I'm finally out here, I'm finna do this, I'm finna do that. All these dreams, goals and being so ambitious and, and driven and inspired to do these things. And then you start hitting these roadblocks. You know, you start seeing the pitfalls. You start seeing like, well, this is not as easy as I thought it was gonna be. Like, there's so many obstacles against me right now that I wasn't banking on. And of course, we all have uh, the best us in mind. So we think, oh, this wouldn't happen to me. Or this ain't gonna be me. I'm gonna be able to do this, I'm gonna be able to do that. No, it happens to all of us Mm -hmm. when you put in that situation. So what were some of those roadblocks, man? Man, oh. Uh, when, when you came home and you like, hey, I'm, I'm back, I'm back. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, so I can be involved in my kids' life and, you know, um, I can, I, I, I'm 
you know, I'm only 20, 22. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I still got, I still got plenty of life to live. Man, what are some of the barriers that you just, that you ran into when you was trying to, you know, reform yourself and become a, a new and better wheel? Man, the first one was myself. Mm. Uh, my confidence. Regardless of how I carried myself in high school and things that I did, my confidence was shaking to its core. Like, I don't even want to approach females because I'm like, I'm not out the park. I don't have no money. Right. I don't have a job. I don't have nothing. So what can I offer anybody? Right. So that was the first thing I had to uh, deal with mentally. Uh, housing, uh, way harder than what I thought. Mm. Trying to find somewhere as a felon. And with us black men, majority, especially me going in so young, I don't have no rental history. Right. Uh, credit score is, is nothing. Right. And then I got this feeling. So I got three strikes against me already. Right. So before I even go to the door, I'm counted out. Right. So that was a big hurdle. Uh, jobs, I mean, depending on the feeling you get, it makes it that much severe. They looking at the feeling, oh, yeah, you got a feeling, but what is it? Mm-hmm. When you get talking about things like robbery, uh, murders, uh, dope center, that put that much more on you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for me having a robber charge, who want to hire me that's got anything involved with money? Right. Anything that's valuable that can be taken, who want to put themselves in that position to trust this person to do what's right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of employers, they looking at it like, this is a risk that I'm taking. And I, you know, I get it, but at the same time, I know me. You right. don't. Right. I know that I'm not trying to put myself in that situation again, but I got to convince the next person that's already like, I don't come from your background. I don't get what you, you know, been through. And frankly, in my opinion, don't care. Right. So what can you do to convince me to let you have an opportunity? And lastly was like how where do I go right you know coming from this situation how do I move about trying to get these things and to better myself without using criminal things right where I reverting back to what I know right so how did you do that man how did you for the time that you was home mm-hmm. right how did you navigate trying to figure out your next steps becoming a better man, providing without immediately thinking I got to go, I got to take something. You know what I'm saying? Well, of course, the family, you know, they, they we need you out here. You know, we're going to help you in the ways possible. My good friends, you, Jay, Zon, right. man, bro, this is what we're doing. Right. Man, you need any kind of help. Call us, holler at you. Even if we can't help financially, we're going to figure out something. We're going to powwow, put it together, something, we're going to do something because right. we want you out here. So just to have that confidence from others in you like, and, and want you to stay free, to stay home, like, dude, we missed you. Right. It has not been the same. That motivated me to whatever I got to do. Right. And then I heard a story about my grand granddad, man. He passed away while I was in there. Mm. And a lot of people are like, oh, you look just like your granddad, body structure, face, everything. I learned something because when I was young, uh, the last memory I had of him before he had two strokes, and so now these two strokes, was 
he would tell me he won't take me to uh, a monster truck show. He had a stroke and he canceled it. So I had never just really get to know him as able-bodied, right. moving around, doing his own thing, being independent. And my uncle was like, man, your granddad a strong dude. He was a hard-working man. He was like, man, you know our backyard back here? Had a house on Tremont Edge here. He like, man, he dug up that whole backyard just to run his own pipeline for the bathroom. Mm. So to do something like it, not only physically strong, you had to be mentally strong. Right, discipline. Yeah, it's discipline, because that's, that's some grueling work. We right. had bricks and rocks, and so right. they're like, man, granddaddy did this, that's also in me. Right. So that's what made me, man, I'm finna work until a better opportunity come along. I don't care how hard it get. Right. I don't care what doesn't come my way. I just want to be grounded and prepared for when it does come my way, and I'm finna work this until something gets better. Man, can you speak to us a little, uh, a little bit about the importance of that community support? Because you hear a lot of times people get out and don't have that, mm-hmm. or their family shun them, or you know, they for they 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 forgive but don't forget, so they don't. You know what I'm saying? Because they could have caused harm to them, um, or they don't want to be attached to them. Um, you know, just can what they can do to your mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Man, can you so for some for a family, friends, or peers of somebody that just got out of prison, out out from being caged up, what are some what are some good practices they could have to best support that person that they love and care about um, that can make a big difference? Man, uh, community support is a uh, big, big thing for people coming home. We need that confidence. We need to know that people do love us, miss us, care for us, and want to see us putting our best foot forward and want to help on any aspect they can. Um, because when you don't have nobody, you just, well, when I'm, it don't matter if I go to jail or not, right. I'm going to do whatever I, it is that I feel is necessary. But you won't take those risks if you know people are really caring for you and want you there. Mm. So for people that uh, have folks coming home, I mean, it don't take much. Everybody just think about the monetary value. You know, I need to be able to say and give them this much or buy this for them. It's not about that. It's more showing true love and caring for a person, you know, helping to be motivated and inspiring them and let them know, like, I'm in your corner. I might not be able to do this, right. but I'll be able to do that. Right. I might not be able to um, come right now and have this for you, but I am a, a, a listen to. Right. You know, a phone call, just, uh, how you doing, man? Right. You know, checking on you, man. I, I know you're on the grind. Right. I know that uh, things ain't going your way, but it's going to get better. That goes a long way for a person's mental aspect of mental health as far as staying grounded and staying on uh, the civilian route basin. So, you out, you're trying to navigate, trying to figure things out. Something happened. Mm -hmm. Because you end up going back in. Can you walk us through that and kind of maybe what led up to some of that and, um, How did you find yourself just back in a place you didn't want to go? You didn't want to go back to, 
You want to leave your family, your kids, and all that. And what what year? So we in we in. This be twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. So you yeah. out two years. Yeah. Yeah. You out two years. So man, what? So can you talk us through that a little bit? What happened in those two years? You know, to to put you back where you did you did your longer stretch. Okay. Um, once I got in twenty twelve, I was granted opportunity to work, uh, making some some good money. Um, and I worked, wound up working two jobs at one point. Uh, wound up moving in with uh, my older son, Mama. So now I got that 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 family uh, aspect going. And everything was going pretty good, you know. A couple of hiccups there, uh, here and there, nothing major, nothing that would put me in jeopardy. Um, the family doing pretty good. Everything kind of coming full circle, coming together. Uh, you know, my brother, love him to death, wind up calling, saying having a situation, and I showed somebody end up losing their life behind the situation. Now, it's not my situation per se, but because of just even the phone call and having some kind of knowledge about what could possibly happen, mm -hmm. automatically got me violated and sent back. Mm. Um, that changed everything. Right. That changed everything. Uh, wound up losing everything in the process. And what did you, because you lost a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? And it's not material things. Other family right. members. Right. And so talk us through that. Wind up, uh, everybody got locked up. Everybody that he called got locked up. Me, both my little brothers, my mom, my dad, and a couple of our, well, my brother friends, seven people on one case. So. This is stuff that you see like in movies. You know what I'm saying? We talking about families. We hear about mamas and daddies and siblings all going down, you know? Like, those are usually people with, with one person go down, they did a support and help. Right. But when when your support and help go down too, hey. what do you do? Like, how do you how you process that? That, uh, it took me by surprise and I, it shocked me. Cause when they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna pick up your mom and dad too. I'm like, they ain't did nothing. They right. don't, you ain't gonna be able to do that. And they did it. The justice system, the injustice system, proved to me, like, we can do what we want. Uh, you don't wanna cooperate? We're gonna get somebody that will. We're gonna say and force your hand or force theirs to get what we want. Mm. That proved that proved a lot. But to lose my mom always been my backbone. Right. Love my dad, he been up, but my mom has been the one that truly gets me. Who I used to send call home and you know, mom, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm going through, this is what I want to do, and she listening and she also applying, she doing. So to lose that, I'm like, goodness, like what what am I gonna do? Right. And you know, I have my older son, mama, she rolled for you know, for a while. But for people that don't know, man, when you start doing calendars, when you start doing years, it's hard for a significant other to be there and be truly faithful. Right. So, you know, to even be loyal, you know, it's a difference between faithful and loyalty. So right. she she couldn't hold on. I don't knock her. 
Right. This is me being grown because, of course, at the time, oh, hell no. Right. Now, you know, you think about it, I've been gone. I'm gone. Right. She's still young. Right. She's doing things alone. Right. She still had needs. Right. This is part of, you know, I put myself in this situation. This is what comes with it. Right. So, I mean, it, it was definitely rough. Definitely. How much time did you get? Well, I'm getting 15. 15 years. How much was that? What you had to do in 70, 80%? How much? Man, 30%. 30%. On top of me having to flatten my parole. So don't forget that. I still had an eight year 30% right. that I had to do. So, you know, I had to go that, finish that up, then start a whole new sentence. They wouldn't run it concurrent? Nah, they weren't trying to. They, they wanted us. So here you are back again. Mm-hmm. Now you're familiar with the process. You know what I'm saying? You've been there, you did four already. Now they gave you 15, not counting the, the pro- probation violation. So you got to do, you know, you got to do that. You got to flatten that. Right. Then do your 30%. Right. Man, where's your mind at? Like, at this time? Like, Man. you know now you ain't, you know, it's, you, you, you know it's going to be a minute. Right, right. And that minute felt like it was going to be forever or never. Like, I had plenty of thoughts, like, I'll never make it home. After all this done happened, everything I got on my back, because these folks wasn't, they were offering us 40 years. 40 years at 100%. That's life. Right. I don't care how you try to slice it up. At the end of the day, you 20-something, you getting home 60, then 70 years old. Golden years, I'll let this over with. Right. And you come home to nothing. So I'm like, man, it's, it's over with. I never get the everybody gone. Right. Uh, people that you consider, well, they might come through and know. So it was just me. So I had a lot of dark thoughts at that time. A lot of dark thoughts. And all that I could do was just pray on it day by day. And having dark thoughts going into a dark place ain't a good thing. Right. Don't nothing happen but dark things happen. Right. So what were some of the the differences between going in the first time and then the second time? The first time, you know, I'm going in, you know, a teenager basically, so I had support. You know, of course, like I said, my moms was there. Right. Uh, my uncle came through, you know, friends, little girlfriends. They they, they all want to ride. Your first, your first time going in, doing a bid. Everybody with you, everybody supporting you. So, you know, it was, I ain't going to say cool or all right. Right. But it was manageable. Right. This time, like, where was my help going to come from? Mm-hmm. Everybody gone. And like you said, family shunned me. Like I ain't, I ain't dealing with that. You right. know, he don't went to prison all over again. Right. And they don't, they don't understand the situation. Don't care. Right. So, it was just me. So I had to do things just to survive, just to get the 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 bare necessities in them. Right. The essentials. Damn. From your first stint. Going into your second time, of course, I'm sure you knew how to navigate. You knew the politics. You understood things. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you're, you're a pro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're a pro. You, you, you know what's up now. Did you find it harder because you knew how to adapt so quickly 
and you knew what was going. You already knew what was up. You already was going in with a dark place. You knew, hey, I'm here for a minute. Right. Did that make it harder for you to to kind of transform into a more positive person and really reflect on like what happened? Because you knew, like, I'm gonna be here. I'm already mad. I'm angry. I didn't lost everything. I might as well lean more to the to the to the to the fuck shit. Yeah, man, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? Then, then, then try to, you know, fall away from it. Man, absolutely. When you don't, we don't have a uh, a hope. Mm. It's like, shit. I'm finna do whatever. Right. I'm finna do whatever. So, I mean, you rolling dirt, you you expect to get dirty. You should. Right. So I'm finna become a mud pie out here <laughs> in order <laughs> right. for me to survive. Right. To to have what I need to have right. some semblance of comfortability I'm gonna do whatever I have to do and who cares right I mean I don't have nobody who cares right. what I'm going through so right. uh, it is what it is you know I judgment right. didn't care about anybody saying this saying that at the end of the day I gotta say be here right. I'm here for a minute this is my time I gotta do what I gotta do right. uh, and it's hard to come from that. it's hard to be positive when you're around such so much negativity right you know people around they going through their situations, their circumstances. You hearing all these horror stories, you seeing horror stories play out while you're in the, and you like, Shh. I mean, this is what it is. It's life. Right. You was locked up during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. And from the outside looking in, you hear, you know what I'm saying? You hear a lot of stuff was going on. You know what I'm saying? Inmates not able to get vaccinations, people dying, this whole pods of people quarantined off, all of this stuff, man. What was going on? Cause you was in it, in the thick of like, yeah. you on, in the in the thick of it, man. What was going on uh, in the penitentiary, man? During this pandemic, while you was in there, and how was the inmates? I was in reacting to it. Ooh, we that's a big one. Uh, when it first came out, instant lockdown. Everybody in the cell, ain't no coming out, showers, nothing there. You're gonna get feed, fed through a slot. You only get one hot meal a day, and that might be breakfast, everything else, sandwiches. Like, we like, dude, this is this is crazy. We we talking about really feeling caged up. Right. Claustrophobic. And then you got a cellmate, so you know with a whole other man for days on days for weeks, like that, that's that's not normal. That's not cool. That does something to your mental. Right. You know, basically you get stir crazy. Uh you know, they were doing so many random lockdowns every other day. Uh once they did let us off, uh staff members catching it. So now we in fear. Right. You know, they gave these these uh cloth maids that ain't doing too much of nothing. Right. And it's spreading at a rapid rate. We hearing about folks, you know, having to get rushed outside to medical because they right. can't breathe. People right. falling out, a couple people died. It was a scary, it, it, it's a very scary situation. Man, did y'all feel forgotten? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was already people out in like this, that was free, that wasn't getting the, the care and the necessary um, assistance that they need. So I'm pretty sure y'all feel like, well, we just, we just, you know, people already look down upon people who are already incarcerated anyway. Like they had their chance, they messed it up. 
And so now it's a healthcare crisis, you know, how, like, do you feel that our healthcare system aided y'all in the, in the best way possible? Nah, I don't feel that. I mean, you seeing it, like I said, people passing out and right. everything, and they, they can't do nothing for them. Right. You know, they don't want us to be outside of prison. So going to medical, like, they literally on their deathbed trying to get somebody to the hospital. It's too late. Right. So, like, they they couldn't do nothing for us. Right. Uh, phones off, so it wasn't like we can call out there, man, look, this is what's going on. Like, they literally, had the, when it first hit, the phones was off. You couldn't call nobody. Wow. So our people don't even know what's really going on, and right. you know, in in prison at the time, you was a dad. How your people gonna know? You right. get you know very sick like that. They don't know. They not gonna contact them unless they absolutely have to. Right. So it's like, damn, what the hell are we gonna do? Right. You can't run from it. Obviously, right. see everything that's going on here. Right. And right. uh, they, they came through once the vaccine started coming out, rolling out. They come through us, talking about. Do you want to get vaccinated? Me personally, like I told them, I don't want to be a guinea pig. Right. I don't know if we getting the same thing that folks in the free world are getting. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the ramification is for those out there. Right. At least they can have some kind of help if anything goes wrong. We not gonna get any. Mm. So if if it goes wrong, hey. <laughs> right. Wow. Did a lot of people have that that kind of mental? And then like, hey, like I y'all already, you know what I'm saying? Just look at the just look at what y'all giving us now and what y'all provide, the resources y'all provide for us now. Now y'all wanna stick something in us. Right. Like Yeah. We used to discuss it all the time, like and it this this it's crazy cause it brought the prison together, so to speak. People from different factions, affiliations, like, man, look, this is bigger than all this right now. Right. This is what's going on. What can we do? Right. You know, how do y'all feel? And like a lot of people feel the same way. Like, man, I don't know what them folks gonna give us. Right. They're already locking us down because people don't want to come to work. Right. So we feel like if it get too bad, we'll just be sitting here. Mm-hmm. Can't even get out the cell, get mm-hmm. no food. Like we just gonna sit and die. And like you said, who who cares? Right. Because if we can't contact nobody, nobody gonna think, well, uh, let me go call and try to check on my brother, see what's going down going on down there. Do that, right? I can't call the pen and be like, Hey, can I speak to Will Carter, please? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Is he available right now? Absolutely not. On the outside, we seeing that our criminal legal system is starting to, due to the pandemic, parole people out, let people get out early. Um, and in a lot of ways, the pandemic shed light on. Um, on what offenses we need to be putting people in jail or prison for anyway, mm-hmm. because they had limited, you know, space, uh, limited resources, and they really had to take a closer look at the criminal legal system. Like, hey, like, you know, what I'm saying I sh- he shouldn't have to or she shouldn't have to be in jail for a suspended license or these real like non-violent, non-serious, life-threatening crimes. And so they changed a lot of stuff, right? Right. And even with that, it went over to people who was already incarcerated for things, um, um, and, and offenses they already had, you know, pled guilty to or whatever, or were guilty of. 
how was that kind of feeling in the penitentiary living in where y'all was seeing like oh shit like people can get out because of this now people are going home because of this man what was it like the vibes around that man in the, in the, in the cells man, it was crazy you know a lot of people had hope a lot of people mm-hmm. like man I can I can I, I might be able to get out early let me uh check it and stuff let me call my lawyer you know people that's been gone for years and uh got a lot of devils man look who got corona Right. Get to me so I can sit here and try to petition for me to get out of here. Cause wow. I, and I mean, and it's nothing to play with. Right. People are literally dying. So you, but like I say, I'm a very understanding person. Right. Don't mean I agree with what you saying. Right. I just hear it. I recognize it. I understand. Right. But you gonna put your life at risk to catch this virus. For the hope and the chance and the opportunity to get out of jail earlier than what you know you're scheduled for, for your freedom. Right. But what if you catch this virus and it don't pan out? What if you catch this virus and you die? Right. It's all for nothing. That's the ultimate freedom, but you ain't have to worry about being nowhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was, I'm like, nah. You know, I thought about it like, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, as soon as it went right. in, nah, can't chance it. And so, at this time, you've done seven? Yeah. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Kids of teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Um, you get out 2021. Was it May? Yeah, May. May 2021. And so, you ain't even been home a year. Right. May 2021. Glad you're home, by the way. Man, appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, baby. Nah, uh, May 2021. Before you got out, man, did you see light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, yeah, but like I say, I, I'm so skeptical of things. So it's like I'm so used to, you know, getting dealt a raw hand or a bad hand. Like, eh, it's going to be something. It's gonna come something. So I had to kind of, you know, fight those thoughts on the daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's just been a grind just to even get to the point where I'm at today. Come home in May. What are some of the things that you're thinking about? Cause you didn't been through this before, right? Mm-hmm. Did one stretch four came home. Made it out two years, right? Then you had to go back in. Did seven, come back home. I asked you, kind of, what was the the differences the first time going in? What was the differences the second time coming out? Ooh, um, everybody gone still. Mm. Like. Damn, where am I get my help from? Mama's still locked up. Daddy's still locked up. Brother's still locked up. Right. So it's like, man, I'm, I'm the first to make it out. But who got what going on? Who can I rely on? Who can I lean on? Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff I didn't do. Right. You know, I was a dope, but still was getting into the world. Right. So a lot of stuff, I used to call mom, hey, mama, how you, how you do this? Uh, right. How you apply for this? And I'm trying to learn how to do this. You know, she was guiding me through a lot of stuff. So right. with her gone, 
it's like I'm, I'm green. Right. Like, what I go, like, social security cards, birth right. certificates, little simple things that people that you, should know. That you learned it in your 20s, but you spent them yeah. incarcerated. Right. Mm. So that's a whole nother adjustment factor. Right. And to really feel like it's really me, like, I got to rely on me. If I don't get it done, right. no one, it's not going to get done, period. Right. So that was a... a Big adjustment, man. Like, what do I go to do? Simple things that people been knowing how to do. Right. You know, and at the same time, uh, don't think of myself as being dumb or foolish for not knowing. Right. You know, I've been gone, so I got to keep that on my mental. I'm not going to be at the same level as everyone else. Right. How was it getting out, man, and seeing your kids, man? Man, that right there... When my son got out that car, and he knows and knows with me, my oldest. Right. I'm like, yeah, I done, I've been gone. <laughs> I've been gone. Dude was at my hip. Now we forehead to forehead. Right. Like, that, that, that's crazy. It's, it's, it hurt. It's, it's lovely, but it hurt at the same time. Right. Because like I said, what comes to my mind, like, man, I just did all this time. Look how much he done grown. Right. I went in, he was a boy. You're a young man now, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, like, he, he don't really made it to this point, and I'm finally here, so it's like, yeah, you right. know, this this what I prayed for, this is what I've been waiting for. Right. Man, what's, what's been the most difficult thing, man? Because I know it's hard being a parent, being a father, mm-hmm. being present all the time. And so I can only imagine, man, trying to figure out kind of how you place yourself in your son's life after being gone, you know, four years and then out two, then gone another seven. Mm-hmm. Man, what's, what's, because, and the reason I ask this question because, one, is I want I, I want this to deter people, especially men and, and young black men, from ending up in the penitentiary because look what you're missing out on. Right. Look at the time that you can't get back. And then the struggles that you had to figure out and find that relationship that you had to build with your kids again, <laughs> right? And so what what were some of those struggles, man, um, that you still might be going through that when you see your, it's all love and like happy to see you, happy to see them, but now you got to be a father and you haven't been able to be that physically in person, present, which is different than, you know, calling home and, Totally doing different. all that right now you now you gotta you gotta you gotta figure out what that what that looks like and and have that understanding like i ain't been here so i can't expect him just to like okay this is my dad and now i need to listen to everything that he's saying and you gotta maybe watch how you come across because you don't want to um isolate them or you don't want him to like kind of alienate you because you know you're being too hard on how how have you dealt with that Man, that's been the biggest struggle ever because he went in as a kid. He's a teenager now. Right. So, you know, he going through transition and puberty, uh, girls. Right. The whole works, you know, smelling itself also. So, like, I know that I can't uh, come in trying to force too much of anything. Right. Because at the end of the day, however I want to look at it, he's still been doing it on his own. Right. Whatever situations he's been doing it, I have not been present. Right. Yeah, I might have heard, oh, you know, he done done this or right. he's doing this now. 
still to I haven't physically been there. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a different ball game when addressing those situations. It's, it's a lot of them. I don't miss plenty. So I am, you know, tiptoeing a little bit around things, especially how I address them, you know, how I talk to them, because I want him to be respected. Mm-hmm. And I want to be respected also. It needs to go both ways. Right. But I don't need to come off as trying to be a hard ass right. or I'm your dad and whatever I say and do is right. And, right. and you know, don't give him uh, the the free will that he deserves also. Right. You know, I don't want to be that overbearing, you know, father right. just because I came home. Now I'm pressing up on you on everything you right. do. I'm here to guide you to be the best young man you can be and capitalize on opportunities. Man, because you know it's a lot of fathers and mothers locked up, right? Right. Um, but since we men, we're going to speak from the father's standpoint. To, to, to fathers who have kids, to fathers who are in prison in these cases that have kids, you know, um, can be a struggle as you know and it can be easy to just give up the relationship mm-hmm. what advice can you give you know um, those parents that are currently incarcerated or just recently just been released you know and have kids what advice can you give them on maintaining that relationship and how to maintain that relationship while they in prison and the importance of that even mm-hmm. though they might not be ideal or the best um, you know, stay with it. I mean, it's not it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be frustrating. It's gonna be hard. Uh, your kid probably gonna say some things that you are not gonna like over the phone or through visit. Probably be a little disrespectful, but it's because they're hurting too. I always keep it in mind: your kids are hurting because you're not there. Mm-hmm. They know you as mom. They know you as as, as pops, and you not being a somebody else maybe trying to fill those roles or acting. But at the same time, they miss you. Mm-hmm. They know you. They want you. So right. with you not being there, yeah, they're going to act out a little bit. They're going to, you know, buck a little bit even towards you. Mm-hmm. But you, you got to stick with it and bear in mind, like, dude, you know, I, I get it. I'm not there, but I can't give up. Right. We parents for a reason. God blessed us to have these children. Right. And you know, you definitely got to be mentally prepared for the drama that comes along with being incarcerated and your children out here. Right. You know, you only can do and say so much on the phone that actually sinking in and they're going to play it. Right. So you're going you're gonna to constantly repeat yourself. Right. Get ready. You know, right. it's just like raising them as two and three years old all over again. Right. Uh, but definitely, most definitely stick with it. Stick Don't with give it. up. Did you are you facing some of the same um, barriers the first time you went in, getting out the second time? When I mean barriers, I mean housing, employment, um, just figuring out you know their confidence. Some of those things. How did that play until you getting out the second time? Um, the confidence thing, I'm still kind of you know getting around because. Is 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 about which I'm not a material person, right. but everybody who don't like nice things, right? But oh man, I I don't got my own spot. You right. know, I don't have a bunch of money. I haven't done this. I haven't done that when others have done it. They've right. been, but I gotta keep mad. They've been free. Right. So you know, I'm still dealing with that, trying to shake that off. Um, housing, 
again, I don't know, it's, it's, it's right. too difficult. Right. I mean, prices are already skyrocketed in Nashville. Right. Um, but not even just that. You, I apply for somewhere, and even though my feeling is one of them is seven plus years old, right. another one, eleven. Right. They still like what well, do? You caught these felonies. We right. still gonna hold this against you. Right. So and the same thing with the jobs. Right. Like yeah, we understand that it's been X amount of years, and uh, you on a new path, but. We still see you as this number. Right. We still see you as this person. Man, what if you could? What would you change about our criminal legal system that creates those barriers for people like yourself and others that just happen to have a felony made mistake when they was a teenager, um, but transform and now you know and worthy. You know you're a worthy person of these things. It's a human, it should be human rights to be able to get employment and, and housing and things like that, right? Without 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 barriers. Um, and what would you change about the criminal legal system when it comes to that? What do you just think about it? Man, I, I, I mean, I think it's messed up because at the end of the day, we coming from a situation where it's dire. Mm -hmm. And you're giving us no hope. Because mm -hmm. we talking to people in prison still talking to people that's free. Right. And they talking to people that was in prison with them. Like, I still got people calling my phone, asking me how it's going. Right. And I'm not putting on no facade for them. Look, it's hard. Right. I'm still trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. It's difficult. So they hearing it's like, well, hell, I know what he on. I know he working his butt off six days a week, putting right. in 50, 60 hours a week. If he having problems, what I'm going to face? Right. So it becomes detrimental. Like, well, hell, I know what I'm going to do when I get out. Right. I'm going back to the block. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go raw. I'm going right. to go scam. I know criminal thing kicks in at, at, at full force then. Right. So to me, for them, they need to change. Yeah, they everybody talking about prison reform and all this other stuff and uh, equal opportunity. Right. But it's I still don't feel it trickling down. Mm. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Right. Like, how can it be equal opportunity if, yes, I caught this felony, and it's so many years old. Not a repeat felony, also, right. my, I may add. But you still holding it against me. Right. Where's the chance to, to show my character and who I am now today? Mm. Not who I was seven or 11 years ago. Right. People do change. Right. Situations do change. Circumstances. So it need to be something in place for felons to actually have these opportunities at these jobs. Right. That they are qualified for because right. it's a it's the best the best of everything in prison. Right. Right. Let me keep say that. So for these jobs, these housings, um, for these licenses, give us a real shot. Right now, I can see a repeat. Okay, I'm gonna send a whole list of something against you. You did it again, so right. this might be who you are. Right. But somebody, man, especially the first time offender, done robbed somebody or sold a little dope and got right. caught. Okay, that could be a one-time, one-lifetime thing. And what was the reason behind that? You know, just you just you trying to buy pampers. You might just trying to put food on the table. You know, you weren't trying to harm nobody. Like, but you like you said, accidents happen sometimes. Right. They don't make them a murder because I shot a bullet to the floor and it bounced up and hit a man in the stomach or a woman in the stomach. Right. Man, 
Is there anything that you regret? Man. You have any regrets, mm. man? How you feel about the streets? What did we uh, so yeah, so this is two questions. Is there anything that you regret? And what is your outlook on the streets today? Because you still see, you know, especially in our community, especially in our, in our music and things, it's still glorified shit. You got people, you know, TikTok videos in prison. You know what I'm saying? Um, glorifying it, but also trying to put on game. You know, like, hey, this ain't where you want to be. Man, what's your thoughts on all this, man? And reflecting personally on, 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 on your actions and, you know, what you did, but also just on... Is, is the streets a place that people really should get into regardless of the situation? Right. Uh, regrets, you know, of course, well, I'm speaking for me. I got yeah, plenty yeah. of them. But one of my biggest regrets uh, was high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I was naturally, you know, smart. Right. Was able to catch on things pretty quick. But I didn't apply myself mm-hmm. because of these things. Like, man... I ain't gotta take homework home and study. Right. If I bring home a, a B on this, a C on this, that's passing. That's good enough for me. Right. Uh, I didn't apply apply myself to my fullest extent. I didn't push myself. Right. Uh, also, ego. Mm-hmm. You know, I got real big head because of my status on the basketball team, because of who I was and how I view other people viewing me. So now, man, I ain't got to do this. I ain't got to do that. I can do whatever. Right. I don't got to keep on putting in the work because I put enough in. And now I'm getting the, all the accolades and right. everything that comes with what I did. Don't settle. Right. Never get comfortable. Right. So, you know, that's some things I regret. Oddly um, enough, it might sound crazy, I don't regret prison. Mm. Why and is it's because it... it I did learn and I did grow up a lot. I was mature. Right. But it took it to a whole nother level. Being around folks that never did the simplest things that we done did as kids. Right. It's mind blowing. Like to hear a person be like, man, me and some folks talking, we talking about picking a girl up. And a guy like, man, he just smiling. What you smiling about? Man, I'm finna get out. And I ain't never did that. I've been gone 30 years. You ain't never picked a girl up and took her to the movies, any of that. I've been gone since I was 12, 13. Wow. It's, it's mind-blowing, like, man, this is something that we do running the mills. Right. And this man is looking forward to the opportunity to do things that he should have done, you know. Should have been able to do. Simple. Mm-hmm. So I don't regret prison. As far as the streets, it's different out here for real, like. You know, I, of course, I'm talking to y'all and right. everything. Y'all tell me, oh, this is what's going on. No. Seeing it for yourself, going through it for yourself, is a totally different experience. Like, morals, value, and principles, what are those? Right. Loyalty, trust, what are those? Love, what are that? Right. Like, it, it don't count, right. really. You feel me? I don't care how tight you think you are with somebody or how much you think you know somebody. Right. It, it, it's then they're non-essential. Like, it's, it's just like, right. okay, I'm going to do what's best for me and right. and me only. Right. And it's, it's different, man. Like like I said, I already got a cynical view, a skeptical view of the world. Right. This don't do nothing but heighten it. Mm. Now I'm like, oh, I'm right. I, I should be like, I am, because look what's going on. Right. You know, I ain't doing nothing bad. Right. 
I mean, like you said, people glorifying the murdering, mm-hmm. you know, the robbing, you know, all that prison life. Like I get it, it's entertainment. Right. But understand, it's not only entertaining grown people. <laughs> it's right. entertaining young folks. Right. The kids. Right. And they taking this to heart, like man. Uh, what little baby saying say he done shot four five people and right. I'm, I'm trying to get like little baby right i mean you can't take everything to heart but they don't know they impressionable right. they young right so the streets is different different thing uh different it's it's for self right really. but, I, but i think though the more youth and just people in general hear stories like yours and everything that one can lose miss out on not be a part of, have other just systemic barriers just because you've been through that system. Hopefully that deters our community, our youth, you know, human beings in general from wanting to go through that path. There's gonna be people who do their dirt and that's a that's the life they wanna live. They wanna they wanna they wanna gain these stripes to impress whoever they trying to impress. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's always it's always gonna be them. But everybody ain't gotta be them. And everybody ain't them. Right. And everybody ain't them. And that's why I thought it was essential, man, for, for you to share your story and for people to get to know you and your path of just everything that come with it. You know what I'm saying? And so I want to end on this, man. Um, what is the what is the 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 now free ain't been a year, but the now free we'll see, man. What 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 are you what what is your next kind of steps and just what are some things that you know some resources that you still trying to tap into that maybe some listeners and you know viewers could you know what i'm saying potentially you know be able to point you in the direction um i would like to be involved with kids i love kids love them uh i understand me growing up as a kid the things i thought about and was feeling and thought i was overlooked on things so definitely want to help kids that I at risk, you know, partly why, you know, you offer the opportunity, I, yeah, I want to speak on it. Right. You know, give them a chance to hear some actual factual things and look, this is my perspective on it. Right. You know, this is this is facts. This ain't no made up, I wrapped about or made up in, you know, right. history Exaggerated class. Exaggerated or nothing like None that. Of, everything's factual. Um, but I love kids, so, you know, I love balls, so if I can be able to, you know, get the coaching or training, right. things of that nature. I would love to do it. But also not just that aspect. I want them to, to broaden their horizons. Right. Let's go do this. Let's go there. Let's, you know, right. show you something different because us being in the hood, right. our, our background, we're not seeing nothing but the usual things. We're not doing nothing but the usual. Right. Going to look parties, going to the clubs. Right. We're not thinking about going to no museum. Right. We're not thinking about going to no real NBA game. Right. We're not thinking about going to college games. We're not thinking about that unless country and none of that. Right. Unless it has something involved in you being recognized because it's another thing about the streets, everybody doing anything to be seen. Right. To get the likes and the loves and the comments. They doing whatever. I'm talking about it's mind blowing. Right. But that's what's going on. So if it's not that coming with that situation, for instance, if I tell a kid, let's go to the museum, if I post that, it ain't, nobody ain't gonna really like me going to the museum. Right. That's the average thinking that we have. Right. But you finna get a, a, a invaluable experience. Right. You know, 
So that would be something that I definitely want to do. Um, was thinking about, you know, non-profits, you know, right. that aspect because it's all the same thing. I think thing. you got it in you, man. And I hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, because I think your story, your journey, your experience, your lived experience is invaluable to the community because you can reach people that I can't reach. You know what I'm saying? Just because yeah. of what you've been through in real life. You know what I'm saying? Um, that it's going to be different, even though I might know, hey, you don't want to do that. It's different than saying, I don't want to do that. You shouldn't do that because me, myself, personally, did four, seven, lost this, lost that. People turned their back on me. I couldn't get into housing. Couldn't. I had to work this type of job. I had to be all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's different. You know what I'm saying? That's right. different, man. And, and I hope, hopefully, people that's listening and watching this reach out to you, man, to speak more about this to their youth. No matter what, whether it's in Nashville, greater Nashville, Tennessee, southeast region of the United States, anywhere in the world. Because I just think it's invaluable, man. And, you know, I think you're just a great person to articulate it. Um, and with your all, right? And, 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 and man, I just, I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just glad that you're home, man. I really, I really am, man. And, I so uh, appreciate it. And it ain't even been a year yet, you know, so, um, we keeping you out this time, though. You man, ain't coming back in. Ain't coming. If y'all see Will cutting up, call me. <laughs> absolutely. Call me. But Tell nah. Me. <laughs> right, right. Nah, but um, but nah, man. I, I just appreciate you. Appreciate the man you are, the father you are, the friend, the brother, man. And I'm glad that we had a chance to to dig into your story, man. And um, it's a lot of most stuff I gotta ask you next time. Like, how the hell? You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers got Rolex watches in prison and <laughs> how they frying whole chickens in the stairwell. You know, I need to, I need, this is fascinating to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Making music videos. This is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know? Right. But we had to hit on the, the, the foundation first and then we get it all into the crazy stuff. Like all this silly shit that they be, oh, this is crazy. Man, but, man. um. But nah, I appreciate you, man. Man, nah, thank you for the opportunity. It's been my pleasure. Man, shout out to you, dog. Love you, man. And um, until next time. Till next time. Love you too, G. All right, for sure.